1: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our story in a moment. But first, I want to talk about our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for all of your support. Your support through these years have kept us coming back, and we could not afford to do this without you. Thanks to each and every one of you. Also, if you would like to become a Patreon member, head on over to Mysteries. patreon.com slash ohiomysteries. That's patreo ncom slash Ohio Mysteries, and consider becoming a supporter for as little as a dollar. Another great way to help us is to share our podcast with your friends and family. Leave a fantastic review, and that's all we ask. So let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new Ohio mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akron Beacon Journal.
0: Hi, everybody. Who invented baseball? For nearly a century, the answer was Abner Doubleday. When the National Baseball Hall of Fame was built in 1939, the location of Cooperstown, New York, was chosen because it was said Doubleday organized the first game right there. This is almost verifiably Not true. Doubleday was a famous Civil War general who wrote extensive diaries and never once mentioned baseball. But the story of him being baseball's creator and the reason for the Hall of Fame to be located in Cooperstown is owed to a myth that was started in Akron. This ball of yarn begins with a friendly war of words becomes a fevered search through America's attics, and ends with a discovery of a treasure that remained buried for decades. We're even going to throw in a couple of wars, a murder, and an insane asylum. So join us as we unravel the mystery of baseball's origins and Ohio's role in The Great Lie. It all began with some friendly banter between a couple of businessmen. You've probably heard of Spalding, the company that has been making sports equipment since 1876. The founder was Albert Spalding. He used to be a pitcher for the Boston Red Stockings until he retired from his baseball career and launched a successful manufacturing company. They opened in Chicago and immediately became the first official maker of baseballs used by the major leagues. Pretty soon after that, he began publishing an annual baseball guide. Back in 1903, the editor of that guide was Henry Chadwick. Chadwick was born in Britain. He would come to be called the father of baseball due to his extensive reporting on the game, and was even credited with creating box scores and statistics like the batting average and earn-run average. He's in the National Baseball Hall of Fame for this. Well, in 1903, Chadwick wrote a column outlining baseball's evolution, and he traced it to an English game called Rounders. Heck, people in London used to make fun of Americans for making a professional sport of what their children played in neighborhood lots. This was a sore point. People had known for years the allegation that baseball was a British invention. Once, in 1888, during a baseball award dinner that was attended by no less than Mark Twain and Theodore Roosevelt, attendees broke out into a chant, "'No rounders! No rounders!' And now here was this British guy, Chadwick, 20 years later, poking the bear again. Well, Spaulding had enough. He wrote a column blasting Chadwick's conclusions. Why, baseball was as American as apple pie, and Spaulding was determined to prove it. So he and Chadwick agreed to settle the feud by putting together a committee to determine baseball's ancestry. The head of the committee was a guy named Abraham Mills, so it came to be known as the Mills Commission. Some context is important here because this search became a point of national pride. The Spanish-American War had recently ended, and the United States saw itself as an imperialist country spreading democracy around the world. There was a lot of discussion in the newspapers about what it meant to be American, and that mood played into the hunt for baseball's origins. Of course, Spaulding's motivation wasn't purely patriotic. Baseball had turned the guy into a millionaire, and he needed the sport to be in its best light. He really wanted baseball to have an American dad. Now, here's where a couple of Abners enter the picture. For decades, all we knew was that a man named Abner Graves wrote the Mills Commission and told them about his buddy, Abner Doubleday. In a typewritten letter on his personal stationery, Graves described in vivid detail how his childhood friend orchestrated the first game of baseball in Cooperstown, New York, around 1839. Hallelujah! Imagine the joy when the commission received the news. My gosh, this Abner Graves fellow not only gave baseball American roots, it named a genuine Civil War hero as its architect. It was Doubleday who fired the first Union shot in defense of Fort Sumter, the battle that started the Civil War. He later distinguished himself on the battlefields of Bull Run, Antietam, and Gettysburg. They even have a larger-than-life statue of him on the Gettysburg battlefield. In journalism, there's an old saying, something about the fastest way to ruin a good story is to check it out. Maybe the commission instinctively knew this, because even the slightest bit of investigation would have made this claim suspicious. But since they couldn't confirm it with Doubleday, he was already dead, they simply accepted it as gospel. Now, about 25 years or so after all of this, people were starting to take a second look at Doubleday. How did this guy get credit for inventing baseball? When he was alive, he never claimed to have invented it, The general kept more than 60 diaries and not once mentioned the sport. When he died in 1893, baseball was already huge. Surely someone would have recognized his connection to the sport during his lifetime. Researchers couldn't even examine the words of Abner Graves, who started this claim, because that letter that he wrote was gone. In 1917, a fire at the Spalding Sporting Goods Company was believed to have destroyed much of the records associated with the 1905 Mills Commission. Now, I once talked to Ted Spencer. He was the former curator at the Hall of Fame. And he stopped short of saying Abner Graves made the whole thing up. He said Graves was probably sincere that he had probably watched someone instruct a group of boys on how to play a new game that was spreading through New York State. We don't believe the guy lied, Spencer said. We believe he misconstrued something that he actually experienced. And so, in the 1930s, there was a push to name another founder of baseball. Many advocated for Alexander Cartwright, At least there, it could be proven that Cartwright published a set of baseball rules for his Knickerbocker Club of New York in 1845. That seems to be the earliest written proof of the game. But, as you well know, once history is published, it's hard to get it corrected. Even into the 70s, the game Trivial Pursuit answered the question, Who invented baseball? With the answer, Abner Doubleday.
2: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies, big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me your host Zach Cornwell for a fascinating new topic each and every month conflicted a history podcast is available on Spotify Apple or wherever else you get your podcasts I hope to see you soon
0: been waiting patiently to hear about Akron, Ohio's role in all this. And that's fair that you had to wait because the country had to wait an entire century to know this. When Abner Graves' letter seemingly went up in smoke during the Spalding Company fire, baseball researchers lost the ability to see exactly what Abner claimed. And they had no way of knowing the Graves never sent his letter to the Baseball Commission. He wrote it as a letter to the editor of the Akron Beacon Journal. This missing piece of the story was revealed in the year 2000 when a descendant of a Spalding employee gave the Hall of Fame a box of baseball memorabilia, including a scrapbook of the Spalding era. In that scrapbook... The Hall's curator, Ted Spencer, discovered the original Abner Graves letter, and it began with a salutation to the editor of the Beacon Journal and arrived in an envelope from the Thuma Hotel, which once sat on the city's South Main Street. Turns out, Graves was a mining engineer from Denver, Colorado, passing through town in April of 1905. On a Saturday morning, he picked up a Beacon Journal and read a story about the feud between the American businessman and the British sports writer and the hunt by the Mills Commission. Graves quickly typed out his story, and it ran the very next day, April 4th, under the headline, Abner Doubleday Invented Baseball. The letter said Doubleday, was a pupil of Green's Select School in Cooperstown, and he had organized a game between his school and students from Otsego Academy. Prior to Double Day, according to Graves, the boys were playing something called town ball, and it was chaos. It involved a tosser who threw a ball toward a boy who stood six feet away, ready to swing a four-inch-wide flat board at it. Out in the field, 20 to 50 students would be scattered about waiting to catch the ball. If the ball wasn't caught, the runner would take off and run out 50 feet, then turn around and run back. And it was everyone's job to race for the ball and throw it at the batter. If they could hit him, he would be out. Ouch! Graves said Doubleday improved Town Ball. First, he limited the number of players in the field so that outfielders weren't running into each other. Then he set out four bases in a diamond pattern. Three of the bases were a place of safety where the batter would be free from getting plunked. And Doubleday called it baseball because of the addition of these bases. After running that letter in the paper, the Beacon Journal editors forwarded the letter to the Baseball Commission. And a legend was born. The discovery of this original letter in 2000 also gave researchers more fuel for debunking the whole claim. With the full text now available for the first time in a century, They could see the dates in it made Graves five years old when he was supposed to be playing baseball with his buddy Doubleday. We also learned some interesting history thanks to modern-day technology that allows us to easily search digital newspaper archives. For instance, we learned that Abner Graves loved writing letters to editors on a variety of topics, from the debate over statehood for Arizona and New Mexico to support for political candidates in Iowa. And an easy search revealed this nugget that 20th century baseball researchers didn't know. Nearly 20 years after he delivered Doubleday on a silver platter, Abner Graves killed his wife. In 1924, at the age of 90, he got into a fight with 48-year-old Millie, when she refused to sign a bill of sale for their family home. So he shot her. She lived a few hours, long enough to beg authorities to forgive her husband. A judge committed the elderly graves to an insane asylum. So, who really invented baseball? The Hall of Fame's official stance is that no one person can be credited. It was a game that just evolved over time. Elements of it can be found in games from other centuries. Alexander Cartwright did receive credit for boiling down the many versions of baseball being played in the early 1800s into one set of standardized rules. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1938 for being a pioneer of the sport. Still, the legend of Doubleday will probably live forever. It's become part of baseball lore. And even though a tall tale that started in Akron, Ohio, is the reason the Hall of Fame is located in Cooperstown, New York, baseball researchers say that's fine. Baseball was being played all over rural America, in places just like Cooperstown. So it's as good a place as any to honor the sport
1: that's it for tonight listeners for photos news clippings and more on this and every episode hop on over to our website ohiomysteries.com and like i said at the beginning of the podcast share our podcast everywhere we are currently trying to reach our goal of being the number one podcast on killerpodcasts.com which we currently hold the second most listened podcast there i know you can help us get there